It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. Our two teams clearly the best in the Big Ten, and then there's everyone else? Perhaps so, as we hit the middle of April in the Big Ten. I'm Kyle Charters. Drew Charters here as well for the Big Baseball Podcast. Drew, we should just get this out to begin with on today's podcast. We do not have a guest. Uh, I'm going to make a whole lot of excuses uh, for that. Uh, so usually when this would happen, this is the first time we will not have had a guest on on the podcast this week. Usually when this has happened by Tuesday morning when we generally record, we just push this back a day. The problem uh, with pushing it back a day is that uh, on Wednesday morning at 6 a.m., I'm going to be on a bus uh, as Purdue travels to Penn State for the weekend series that's pushed up a day because of Easter being on Sunday. So they play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We're leaving at 6 a.m. on Wednesday, so the idea of pushing the podcast back a day, as we've done before, you know, the schedules get difficult when you're talking about just a short window between the end of Sunday games, trying to get a coach or player or somebody in basically a 36-hour window. Uh, we couldn't get it done this week. It, it's a total fail on our part, and because of uh, my travel schedule with Purdue, uh, we can't just push it back. So so here we are. In general, uh, really, across the board, uh, the SIDs at the schools in the Big Ten are, are fantastic and done a great job in these short windows in the four years that we've done this of being able to get us a coach or a player. It's pretty remarkable that we sit here in the middle of yeah. our fourth season doing this, and this is really the first time that this has happened. So it tells you uh, how, how how good everyone has sort of participated in this, uh, this little podcast that we do, and we're greatly appreciative. Just schedules, uh, mainly my own, uh, not making it work out. So instead of a coach interview, Drew's going to give us a breakdown of his his uh, U6 uh, baseball team this year, right? You get uh, practice underway on <laughs> super. Saturday. It's su- super team. Your super team? team? Super team. Oh, your super team. Your good sponsorship on that team. Uh, I, that's what also. I heard. Yeah, I'm sponsoring yeah. that, so that's nice. Uh, so you're going to break down the roster for us. A bit of adventures in, in 6U super baseball. Uh, <laughs> we'll do that. I don't know if we'll really do that or not, but uh, but perhaps we will. Um, cause that would be super exciting compared to hearing from a, a, an actual coach, like a real coach, not you, you know, coaching six year olds. We could, we could get a guest. I could bring like Jack in or something and, and, and you <laughs> is know, Jack your best player. Or is probably, that made up? Probably. Is that made up? The RBI machine. Is Jack a real person? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if you were just making it up. No, I don't make people up. This is part of my super team. <laughs> Okay, right in the middle of the lineup. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, J- destined to be an all star. All right. Let's uh, let's get into this podcast. The real meat of the podcast here. Uh, Drew, is it is it as clear that there are just two teams here at the top of the Big Ten that are better than everyone else? Like, you have two teams and then everyone else, and you all, the rest of y'all, eleven teams. You can sort it out amongst yourselves. Right. Rutgers and Maryland, we are competing for a Big Ten championship. It feels to me like that's the situation that the Big Ten is in here, even though we're only, what, for some three weeks into the conference season. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's where we're at. Uh, you know, I think you and I have been saying for a long time that Rutgers is probably uh, – if not the most complete team, they are definitely definitely up there as the most complete team in the Big Ten. They lead the Big Ten in team batting average. 
uh, and it's not close. Number two, yeah. Maryland is is nearly thirty points behind. They lead the Big Ten in ERA with a 3.11, almost half a run better than number two Iowa. They lead the Big Ten in fielding percentage, uh, you know, slightly better than Illinois, who's always at the top in in defense. Fielding percentage is one of those things, like, that you can't be significantly better than the second-best team because you can only be... You can only so be a, yeah. You can only be a thousand, right? Yeah, yeah. Can't a, be any better than that's that. the best you can be, and <laughs> inevitably somebody commits an error somewhere. So it's not like you could be like, you know, they're twice as good at Illinois, who's who's ranks numbers. No, that's yeah. not possible. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they're just good at everything. It's the reason why Rutgers is is eight and one in the Big Ten season. Reason why the Scarlet Knights have won ten consecutive yeah. baseball games, which is impressive. And look, it's a reason why. The Scarlet Knights go to Lincoln and sweep Nebraska this last weekend. And, you know, the Cornhuskers might be struggling along a little bit this season. But going to Lincoln, uh, maybe we should have looked this up, but I I can't imagine that Nebraska has been swept in a conference game. A home conference series? That seems pretty unlikely to have happened very often. But Rutgers goes over there. They win a couple of close games. Then they smoke the Cornhuskers on Sunday. 19-1, to I think, was the final. Rutgers hits nine home runs during the series, five of them on Sunday, including two from Chris Brito. And, you know, that's an impressive win uh, for Rutgers, I think, here early on in the season. When they went through the first couple of weekends, you're like, okay, you know, and and Nebraska's you know okay, but in Lincoln, I think that gives that okay a little bit of a boost. And that's such an important series for Nebraska, also, who's sort of just you know been around this season so far, yeah, and not really taken that extra step that they are used to taking, and we expect them to take. And so you know, a, a, a team like Rutgers comes to town who has been playing well. That's a huge opportunity for Nebraska to sort of make a statement and have a statement series victory and sort of propel them through the middle of the Big Ten season into the end and and for Rutgers to come in and just smoke them. I mean, they won 19-1 to on Sunday. They smoked yeah. them. Yeah. Is is disappointing for Nebraska, certainly, and, and really good for Rutgers. I think it really legitimized uh, Rutgers as that top team in the Big Ten. Yeah, and, you know, Rutgers had a good team coming back from last year. We talked a lot about that. I think the guy that has solidified pretty much everything, right, has been Nick Samillo, who probably is the newcomer of the year in the Big Ten, yeah. and he might be the player of the year in the Big Ten. He's hitting 414, eight homers, and 27 RBI, but not only that, but he's handling a, a pitching staff, too, that has taken a big step forward uh, this season as well. So I think you have to give him – uh, some credit coming in as a catcher, I don't think is is necessarily easy to do. You right. you have to uh, manage a, a new staff, and and you know you're you're you in theory stepping up a, a level of play um, as well. So uh, you know you've got to give him a, lo- a lot of credit for what Rutgers has been able to do uh, this season. He has an OPS too of of one point two four set uh, four one, which is second in the league only to. To Cam Thompson, who's having a great year for Purdue. Now, I think with Rutgers, you do have to have the one caveat here a, a little bit that the three opponents that they have played in the Big Ten, Penn State, Minnesota, and Nebraska, through this first month-ish, three weeks of the season, uh, are only a combined eight and 16. So, no, 
There's two ways to look at that. Are yeah, they eight right. and, are they're they, they're, they're they combined 8-16 because they've played records. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the, other, the other part that people often leave out. <laughs> well, they haven't played anybody any good. That's because the team that's good is beating them. That's one of the reasons why the record's so bad. Uh, <laughs> it's a good point. Uh, the three opponents, I mean, they're, you know, I don't think we expect Penn State and Minnesota to make a run into this top half of the Big Ten. I'm not sure we're ready to say they can't sneak in you know, to the 7-8 spot in the Big Ten tournament. I, you know, I'm not ready to eliminate anybody from that. Though we'll talk about that a little bit here in the weekend rotation. Um, but you do have to, you know, sort of look at that with uh, Rutgers as well. Next week, uh, Rutgers hosts Indiana. Yeah. The Hoosiers have some issues, especially on the mound. That's a team that can hit. Can they throw strikes? You uh, and Rob Blackman – it was filling in for me over the weekend for the, the games uh, in Alexander between Purdue and Indiana. Uh, yeah, that's the big question for both those teams, really. But for, for, for Indiana, really, I mean, just can can the Hoosiers throw strikes? And that will come back to hurt Indiana yeah. and Piscataway if they cannot do that. Now, you look ahead for Rutgers, the last two Big Ten weekends, I think they, they have a, a series in between these, I think, Bowling Green and non-conference. But uh, they host Maryland in the third-to-last Weekend, and then Bowling Green, and then they're at Michigan. So, you know, Rutgers might have a lead in this thing going into the last three weeks and then have a couple of right. difficult opponents. Hosting Maryland is huge and, and not going be on the huge, road. That's a huge, huge series. Yeah, it is. And yeah. for them to have that series at home is big for them. Uh, speaking of the Terps, Maryland is 4-2. and two. Uh, They took two of three at Minnesota uh, over the weekend. Not easy to sweep, you know. We just talked about Rutgers going to sweep. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to go sweep a team on the road. Uh, Rutgers lost game three. The, the rare uh, Jason Savakul start when, when Maryland loses. Brady Council. Huh? Your boy? Yeah. Brady Council, uh, the son of Craig, uh, tripled down the right field line with two outs in the bottom of the eighth, and then a passed ball uh, allows the Golden Gophers to win that third game of that series. So, Maryland's really good. We'll, we'll say the same thing uh, about the Terps that we said about Rutgers. The first two series in the Big Ten are versus Penn State and Minnesota. Now, they won both. Uh, should they have maybe swept one of the two? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so, Maryland is 4-2. and two, And now have Ohio State this weekend. And the Buckeyes, I think one of the more surprising teams to me for the wrong, a lot like the wrong surprise, <laughs> floundering a little bit more than what we would expect. Maybe a true test for Maryland coming the, the following week at Illinois. But Maryland does a whole lot of things really well. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be there, uh, you know, at the end. We're including them in these top two teams for a reason. They are, uh, you know, offensively, they've got five players who are hitting better than 300, mm-hmm. six players with at least five home runs, uh, six players with at least 27 RBIs. Which I think so, that's the one to me that's crazy. You have six players... With at least 27 runs driven in. Yeah. Which, if you look at the Big Ten statistics, 22 players have driven in 27 or more runs. So, Maryland has six right. of the 22. Yeah, it shows you their depth, right? Yeah, they're, they're yeah. Throughout the lineup, one through nine, there's weapons. There's weapons mm-hmm. everywhere. And that's what Maryland's been for the last few years. And that's going to be able to carry them, you know, through this Big Ten with, you know, like we said, these uh, you know, couple teams at the top, and then everybody else is just sort of eh, yeah. there. 
And can Maryland, you know, take advantage of that? They've got Illinois coming up. Um, they've got Ohio State this weekend and then Illinois know, coming yeah. up. Illinois has been playing very well. Their offense is really good. Yeah. Um, so that'll be a test for Maryland. We might learn a lot more after that series uh, for Maryland. And down the stretch, you know, they've got Penn State and Minnesota uh, the last couple series of the year. So, uh, you know, the, the writing on the wall there is is that they could they could take some games late. Yeah, well. that weekend rotation, too, has, has been good with uh, Nick Dean, Ryan Ramsey, Jason Savakul, 15-3. and three. I think I think it just missed one start over the weekend. Dean missed a start a few weeks yeah. ago. Otherwise, it has been very consistent, and, uh, you know, it's just been solid. So, here's the question. <laughs> is anyone else – now, we're, we're couching this – I want to say, is anyone else any good? I, we're looking at it from a pr- perspective of, like – the NCAA tournament, like, right. you know, go win games. Who can I'm, make a I'm run raising, at this thing? Yeah, I'm raising the bar for good. Right. Yeah. Is anybody any good? Well, yeah, there are other teams in the Big Ten that are good, clearly. But, I'm, I'm uh, you know, for, for, for purposes of this discussion, uh, is anyone else any good? Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that anybody else comes to the level of, of Rutgers and uh, Maryland, right? I you know, Illinois is, is 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 Illinois real? Is that real? They're they're overall they're just a little bit maybe a game above five hundred. They're seven and two in the Big Ten. They won two of three yeah. from Iowa. You know, maybe maybe Illinois uh, challenges there. Michigan is three and three in the conference. It swept Cal State. Fullerton with you know Fullerton is is like ten and twenty on the season. Um. You know, so I, I don't know about the Wolverines. They can certainly, they, they have the offense. Do they have enough pitching to really make a run at it? I'm not sure. Iowa's 3-3. Three and three. The Hawkeyes, it's like we feel like they, they got, like, good pieces, but just not consistent enough. Northwestern is 4-2. Uh, that, that one is a little bit interesting to me. We talked to Josh Reynolds last week. It feels like that team has some confidence uh, and is building a little bit. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I, I don't feel. I, I feel like with each one of those, there are some some flaws there. Yeah. Maybe for me, Illinois is the one that is the least <laughs> the least flawed of those. Is that the right way to put it? I uh, you know I, I I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think you know. Speaking of Illinois, you know, it's. I think the big question is: Can Illinois hitting continue to overshadow the pitching? The pitching's not been great. Yeah, you a, a, after the first four or five guys, the two yeah. two weekend starters, and then two guys in the bullpen. After that, there's a pretty steep drop there. I think. Yeah, they're eleventh eleventh in the Big Ten in team ERA. Yeah, they're fourth in batting average. So you know, can that that offense is good? Uh, you know, so. If your offense is good enough, it can overcome some 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 pitching issues. So yeah. I think the question is, you know, whether they can continue that all season or whether maybe the pitching gets a little better. You know, what happens there? I think it has a lot to do with 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 that. For Mich- Michigan is a huge question mark for me. I have no idea where to put Michigan. Yeah. I mean, they're ninth in the Big Ten in batting average, ninth in the Big Ten in ERA. They're ninth in Big Ten in batting average. Yeah, really? Wow. I, I would not have. I, I'm sure you're right. Yeah, I, I would not have. I would yeah. not have guessed that though. I, so, I would have thought uh, that they would have been higher in batting average than that. Huh. For Michigan, it comes down to right now. It comes down to these next 12 games, which are against Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue, and then Indiana. Those are winnable games, right there. <laughs> for Michigan, 
And then they've got Maryland and Rutgers to finish the season in the last six. So Michigan goes nine and three mm-hmm. in these next 12 heading into Maryland and Rutgers. They're right back in it. Yeah. If they continue what they've been doing and say they go five and four, oh, that's not that. That's bad math. Say they, say, <laughs> say they go six and six over these next 12 and then have. If they go five and four over the next 12, <laughs> then that would be a story. Say they go six and six over these next twelve, and then they've got Maryland and Rutgers. I think the the question mark gets bigger for Michigan there. So these next twelve are huge for the Wolverines. Yeah, yeah, it's a good breakdown, I think. All right, um, and and we're going to in the weekend rotation. You know, D one baseball last week, I think, late last week had its uh, field of sixty four for the NCAA tournament. We'll, we'll break that down a little bit, discuss what what it thought about who from the Big Ten could be in. And a little bit about, you know, you start to look ahead to the Big Ten tournament and how many spots are available and, you know, to get into the top eight. You know, it's nice to have the Big Ten tournament back again after it was missing yeah. last year. So adds a little bit of intrigue. So we'll break that down also. Let's hit uh, Big Bat and Big Arm. We, uh, w- where's our preparation here? Because we didn't discuss, we're going to have to do this on the fly. <laughs> Woo! Oh, yeah. Well, if it helps, I don't have much here in my uh, six teams that I covered this week. So... Um, we're going to have to, yeah, I, I have some, I think pitching was a little off this weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I've got one, and he's I the have, winner. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we do have, <laughs> we did discuss it briefly. Uh, we so did not discuss Big Bat, so we we're going so we're we're to announce the Big Bat winner yeah, live. This is live, like, recorded live. <laughs> recorded live. <laughs> you will be hearing it <laughs> recorded live. Uh, all right. Recorded live big, from the studio of 1017 The Hammer. Um, start with Big Arm. Okay, I will start because you have the winner. Uh, Connor O'Halloran for Michigan went seven and a third innings, gave up just a run, only struck out four, and got a no decision in what was eventually a win against Fullerton. Um, Penn State, we have a couple of relievers here that I think is at least worth mentioning. For Penn State, uh, Travis Loonsman went four innings, no runs, struck out six, he got the save and a win against Northwestern over the weekend. Kobe Moe, who is a reliever for Northwestern, went four innings himself. Uh, a couple of hits, no runs. He struck out eight in four innings, no walks. He got, he picked up the W in relief in a victory against Penn State. Mike Farinelli, a starter for Northwestern, went eight innings, seven hits, gave up a couple of runs. He only struck out one across eight innings, which is sort of impressive in of itself, but he took a loss against Penn State. So those are uh, my nominees just sort of okay again this week. Who who you got? You yeah, got one? I've got the one. I've got one. He's the winner. He was really good. Jackson Smeltz for yeah. Purdue. Oh, man. I mean, for me, for me, and this might be the, the radio guy talking after watching 15 years of baseball in a, in a press box and just wanting things to speed up, <laughs> but there is yeah. nothing better, nothing better than a pitcher who is in the zone. Yes. He knows he's in the zone. Yes. He's got the most confidence of anybody else on the field. Yes. He takes the ball from the catcher. He's on the mound and ready to pitch before the guy gets back in the batter's box. <laughs> yes. And he's throwing the ball because he knows His he's going to throw a strike. Yes. His stuff is good. Yes. And he's going to dominate. And that's what Jackson Smeltz was um, on Saturday, which was the first game of the series for Purdue and IU. Uh, Seventeen to nothing victory. That that I don't want that to overshadow the pitching <laughs> performance for Jackson Smeltz. Purdue yeah. scored ten runs in the eighth inning. Well, only because IU hits. couldn't throw a strike. On, uh, yeah, two hits. Anyway, 
back to Jackson, who should be the focus here. Eight <laughs> innings pitched, just one hit, no runs. He did walk three, but he struck out 13 in a dominating performance over the Hoosiers. So Jackson Smeltz will get big arm this week. Yeah, and we know Jackson uh, well, obviously. I mean, it's a great story. He had so many injuries. Uh, going back to McCutcheon when he was a, a, a high school player there and you know, coming to Purdue and still dealing with all of that. So to see him have that kind of success is uh, is pretty cool, to say the least. All right, let's uh, let's go with Big Bat. Uh, what, what do you want to do here? I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll zip through a couple of mine. I've got uh, – I know we said we're only going to have three. I have five. Oh. Um, and then we'll try to figure this out on the fly. Uh, for Michigan, Joe Stewart uh, was six for 18. He had seven runs, scored just an RBI, but a, a double and a triple. Uh, Tito Flores had f- four runs driven in, three runs, a home run. Should have thrown Tito out. No offense. Uh, let's see. Jay Bashir's at Northwestern, six for 18, three runs, a couple of RBI, a double, a home run, plus he pitched a scoreless inning. <laughs> so I throw him. He's like a big bat slash arm. And then, uh, Rutgers, I think these, one of these two, I believe, will be at least competing for, uh, the big arm, excuse me, big bat for this week. Ryan Lasko, eight of 18, eight runs scored, seven runs driven in. He had a double and three home runs. Chris Brito went six for 14 with five runs, seven uh, RBI, a couple of doubles, and two home runs. So I will put Lasko up as my nominee yeah. here for big arm. Uh, the eight hits, uh, three of them home runs, one of them a double, seven runs driven in, and eight runs scored. So Lasko's my nominee. Who do you have? Let's start with a couple of Ohio State Buckeyes. Trey Lipsy, um, just a game. We'll, we'll focus on one game here in game number one. He was five for five, uh, a perfect five for five. Two runs scored, four RBIs. He had a double and a triple. Uh, Cade Kern uh, for Ohio State uh, hit 500 on the weekend, seven for 14. He had three runs scored, six RBI, uh, a couple of doubles, and a home run. Um, I did stick to the rules here, and I only have three, so my last <laughs> is uh, for the Hoosiers. Uh, Samuel Murison, that's like seventh in the lineup. Uh, he was five for 12 on the weekend, three runs scored, eight RBIs. Mm-hmm. He's an everyday player. Those are his first eight RBIs of the entire season. He had what? them all last weekend. No uh-huh. joke. Two home runs for Murison on the season. So I think I'll throw it back to you because I think Lasko was a bit better than Murison. Yeah, I think we go with Ryan Lasko as the big bat for this week. He helps Rutgers get that uh, series uh, sweep at Nebraska. Just an excellent performance by him and for the Scarlet Knights. All right, uh, we're going to take a break again. No uh, no guest uh, for this week. Apologies for that. Just the Titans schedule really bit us this week, unfortunately. So we will be back uh, and bring someone uh, that's a lot cooler than us on for sure next week. Did you actually want to do Adventures in um, <laughs> 6 you? Well, you set me up now. You, you, would we say no? Well, I didn't know if you were being serious or not. No, we could break down the roster. Okay, let's do it. Uh, we'll do that. Uh, we'll do that coming up. Next on the Big 6U Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Adventures in 6U Baseball. <laughs> that was good. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, we should get an actual uh, uh, person to do that for us if we're going to keep this up as a bit, which hopefully we won't. Um. All right. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, break down your team. What do you got? Yeah, what so do you got coming in this year? 
you know, after doing this for a few years, you, you learn some things. And I've, I've kind of tried to – I don't know if this is against the rules or not, but I've tried to put together a, a super team. There's no joke here. I tried to put together a super team. I tried to pick my own team. Yeah. This is 6U after all, and they, they told me there's a tourney. I didn't know that. There's a tourney at the end, so this yeah. is serious stuff. So wait, hold so on. Before, together, before we start, yeah. and I don't want to make this segment too long because no one cares, but uh, this is like real baseball. Like you, you, Pitching like, machine. you strike out, and yes. there's three outs. Three outs. Keep like, score. Keep score, all yeah. that. Not yeah. the nonsense from T-ball where you're just everybody's hitting. Yeah. So like I've, actual playing baseball. So I've put, to, I've put together what I believe is an all-star coaching staff. Um, yeah. I've got I've got my two kids on the team, which we'll get to that here in a second because yeah. I don't know about that. Connect, that doesn't make any sense connected to the term super team. Uh, but you know I've got a I've got a Heisman candidate, yeah, a son of a Heisman candidate in the middle of the lineup there. I've got a lefty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got a lefty who can just absolutely rake. Uh, uh, well, people r- might r- think r- you're joking, but you actually have the son of a former Heisman yeah. Trophy candidate yes. on your team. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I also have a lefty who can rake. I've got Jack, who previously mentioned is going to be an RBI machine. He was on my team last year. I know him well. Defense, we're probably, you know, I think the first thing I need to coach is, like, how to catch a ball. So I think we're yeah. going to struggle maybe a little bit on defense. But, you know, I, I, I call this my super team, and two of the ten kids on the team are my two twin girls. Yeah, how are they? I talked to at the we- dinner table last night and said, hey, baseball starts Saturday. Chloe says that she's scared of the ball, so i got to overcome that. i got to figure out that. Uh, but Claire, uh, who's who's uh, the reason Jack's on our team is because they're uh, they're a couple, six years old. So Claire's boyfriend <laughs> so Jack is going to be our best player. So wait, you you got Jack on your team by sending one of your kids over to yes. lure him in? Yeah, yeah, total manipulation. Yes, yes. Uh, but Claire last night says, "Daddy, I, I think I really got, I'm going to like baseball this year." So <laughs> okay, I think we got that going for us. Yeah, super team. Know. Uh, it sounds like a super team. Uh, we will we'll keep up with it all season long, I'm sure, and uh, hopefully you, you win some games. All right, uh, let's take a break. That was a great fill-in for our, our non-guest this week. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, the weekend rotation, the things that we are looking forward to uh, watching uh, this weekend, including your baseball practice. Uh, that's coming up on the Big Baseball Podcast, production of 1017 The Hammer. Let's hit the weekend rotation, the items we are looking forward to uh, this coming weekend. Let's hit uh, topic number one. D1 Baseball did release its uh, first field of 64 uh, late last week. It had Rutgers, Maryland, and Michigan in from the Big Ten, so only three representatives from the conference. I, I think it's hard It's hard to argue right now with more than that, I, I-, I think. Um, you know, if anything, you could argue less. I hate to say yeah, it, but... Uh, you could argue less than that with, with you know, we'll see how Michigan turns out. But Rutgers and Maryland, yes. Uh, Michigan, for me, is a, is a maybe. Uh, and, and you know, what are, your, what are your thoughts? Well, taking a look at RPI, you know, Michigan's at 86. they got to get better than that, I think. Um, yeah. But I think they will. Again, over those next 12 games, I, I think you're going to see that When they're going to go 5-4? Yeah, 5-4 <laughs> and four over the next 12. <laughs> uh, you'll see that number go down. Um, <laughs> Iowa's at 75. Illinois is at 63. Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly what all those numbers mean right now because they're going to change so much by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, I would have a hard – if I was doing a projection right now, I think me personally would have a hard time putting Michigan in. I think they're probably just still, quote, in right now just because they're Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. All right, let's hit topic number two. 
the Big Ten tournament back uh, in Omaha this season. Hooray! Uh, it feels to me like there are six teams in the Big Ten that are uh, pretty clearly trending toward being in the Big Ten tournament, and then maybe three teams that are vying for those last two yeah. spots. So Rutgers, Illinois, Maryland, Northwestern, Iowa, Michigan. That's six. And then I think you have a separation to the next three, and then a separation probably after that. Um, so Nebraska, Purdue, and Michigan State sort of being in that next bundle of three. Yeah. And then there'll only be two spots. To me, that 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 is interesting because, um, you know, a week ago I would have said, yeah, Nebraska and Purdue are, are in. I would have said the same thing about Michigan State. So you suddenly have nine teams, I think, that you feel like are vying for for eight spots. And then I feel like there's just a separation with those next four teams then. Now, that's not to say that Penn State, Indiana, Ohio State, Minnesota, somebody can't make a run uh, from that position. Um, you know, Penn State, if it could take two of three this weekend from Purdue, maybe you change your opinion uh, a little bit there on on those two teams. But as it stands right now, I think you have nine teams clearly vying for eight spots. I, I just have this bad feeling that those two games that Purdue lost against Ohio State, lost meaning yeah. they didn't lose the games, they lost due to weather, they didn't play, two games against Ohio State at home yes. are going to come back to haunt them later. Purdue's last 12 games are Michigan at home, Two road series against Iowa Northwestern, and then home versus Maryland in the season. That's yeah. a tough last 12 games for them. Nebraska and Michigan State, you know, if we're just talking about Nebraska, Purdue, and Michigan State being those three for mm-hmm. the last two spots, Nebraska and Michigan State play each other the last series of the season, uh, so they'll battle there. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the two things that stuck out to me when, uh, you know, taking a look at that early early uh, uh, standings for the tournament. All right, topic number three, what are you watching Uh I'll segue into that a little bit. Michigan and Michigan State, I think, is a big series yeah. uh, this weekend for both those teams, maybe for different reasons. But if you were the Spartans, you know, you've sort of just been laboring along a little bit. I, mean, I thought Michigan State maybe was going to be able to keep some of that early non-conference or pre-conference momentum up, and it just has not yet equated uh, to the Big Ten. And for Michigan, you know, you're looking to see if the Wolverines coming off a, a sweep against uh, Fullerton out of the conference can continue uh, to play well and and maybe move up the Big Ten and be a team that we're feeling a little bit more confidently about than what we are right now. As you know, I will be at Penn State hopping on uh, the bus. There's just no good way to get to Penn State. Every <laughs> there's, there's just not. I mean, there's 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 problems busing. There's problems flying. So this year we're busing. We've flown in the past. But I will be over uh, in Happy Valley uh, watching Penn State and Purdue, which I think does have, uh, for reasons we mentioned just now, does have a little bit of intrigue. What else you got, uh, Drew? Uh, I think I'll be keeping an eye uh, pretty close on Illinois and Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Illinois, just this is so surprising so far this season at 7-2. and two. They continue to win. Yeah, they continue to win. See if they can continue to win uh, against Northwestern, the in-state rival, win a couple there, and you're looking at 9-2. and two. Nine and three. Jeez, math is today is just impossible. What are you doing? Nine and three, maybe. Carry the one. Carry that. Jeez, I should stop. Uh, but that'll be the series <laughs> I think that I'm uh, keeping a close eye on. Indiana is at Rutgers too. We'll see if the Scarlet Knights can continue uh, their winning ways this weekend against Indiana. All right, that'll do it for the podcast for this week. We will be back again next week, and uh, we will bring in a guest as well. Uh, and and we'll see about how T ball or no, not T ball. No. U6 baseball, 6U baseball, the super team, uh, 
We'll see if that segment continues. All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Uh, for Drew Charters, I'm Kyle Charters. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. You're out!